0: You are listening to Fourth and Inches, a Husky Podcast. Here are your hosts, Trevor Mueller and Jake Grant. Jimmy Lake and the Huskies start the game the same way that they did the week before.
1: Unlike last week, the Huskies were not able to complete the comeback due to an ability to get off the field on third down.
0: This is Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor. His name is Jake, and we are like Lopez and Betancourt.
1: Oh, ooh. Is it because the Huskies sucked this week? You brought that into our lives right now. That's salt yeah, on yeah, yeah. That is salt on wound.
0: I. That's absolutely why I did it because I think that. Uh, when Washington plays poorly, I think our, uh, our duo is a lot poorer and uh, you don't get poorer than Jose Lopez and unieski Betancourt.
1: Uh, I, I know for a fact, we've had extensive conversation. I know for a fact, Jose Lopez is your favorite second baseman in major league history.
0: Uh, I got to tell you that there's not many players that I disliked more. It, it, it's just such a beautiful like picture of like the Bill Bavasi Mariner
1: era. When I think of when I think of horrible Mariners, both are second basemen.
0: I mean, you could see if you go legacy like the last
1: three: Sean Figgins, yep, Jose Lopez, yeah, and who's the third? You're not going to say I'll D. Say Robbie getting popped for a second PED, man. That's, uh, I mean, but you can't consider that a Mariner thing. Like that was one of them was one. Yeah. I mean, he still had numbers.
0: He still did have numbers. Yeah. And he's not in that. I mean, he's in a different category. Right. Obviously
1: when he was here, it was awesome. I would say over, I would say overpaid athletes in Washington history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get to this, um, just really weird, wacky, unfortunate, start uh and and honestly the defensive side it was it was a slog the entire game obviously washington fell to stanford um deandre campbell kind of said it best that stanford does exactly what stanford's going to do yeah. uh and it's your job to stop it and washington was not able to stop it
1: yeah Jake, yeah, what, are that, your,
0: what are your uh, thoughts
1: that's kind of where we're at in football right where Stanford has the ability to put a lot of big guys on the field. And if your athletes aren't big and strong enough to push back, then they're going to have their way with you. And we saw it happen this week. And it was really hard to watch as a, as a fan of Washington football. You, you know, what's coming. Washington knows what's coming. Stanford knows what's going, what they're doing and, you just can't stop it. And it's really, it's really hard to watch. I mean, just so you know how hard it was to watch. My wife had to leave the house (laughs) to go find chores outside because she was struggling so much being in the same room with me. I was, I was shrinking mentally and um, (laughs) it just, it's, it's frustrating to watch as a fan. It really truly is. But at the end of the day, I mean, if 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 we're gonna get into this conversation, let's talk big picture now. I mean, I think it's a it's a an appropriate time to talk about big picture as far as the Washington Husky football program goes. You you lost. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have time with that for that. We
0: got to digest this game.
1: <sighs> You're killing me. Um, I know. Okay. Uh, third, down well, I... third down conversions. Third down conversions. Let's let's stick to the game then. Third down conversions. Um, we. I I made the point that Stanford had been atrocious on third down efficiency this year uh, going into this game. They were 10 of 13 on third down. One of them that they missed, I believe it was only one. No, it was two. Two third downs that they missed. One in the third quarter. First one was
0: in the third quarter. Yep,
1: and the second one was at the end of the game. They lined up for it on fourth down and they got it with ease. And so basically they were 12 for 13 of their drives yeah. ended in points. And, and it's hard to watch. It's, it's, I mean, good on Stanford for sticking to a, to a game plan that they knew was going to work. Um, I think we were a little bullheaded in our game plan, just like we were against Utah. I think we got really lucky against Utah in the fact that Utah was handing the ball over. In, in the second half right. versus Stanford took care of the ball and clock managed really well. And that was our demise this game.
0: Yeah. And you know, you brought up a couple of really good things. Obviously the third down conversion was absolutely atrocious. Uh, there were times where I, I got to hand it to Davis Mills. Um, he's, he's a, he's a good quarterback. Uh, right. He made the throws that he had to make. It's really, I, I, I don't know how, it is to be a Stanford fan because you know exactly what's going to happen all the time. Yeah. And there's been times watching Stanford, especially since they've really kind of gone downhill as it comes to being a perennial, uh, you know, top 10 team at the beginning of Shaw at the end of Harbaugh where there were times I'm like, man, Shaw's stubbornness is going to get him fired. Yeah. And then you watch a game like this and you're like, Oh, Shaw's stubbornness is why they keep winning games. Yeah, uh, they're they're you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to run the ball. But what I did notice is is they really rely on their blockers, uh, and, and they disguise those blockers well with who they end up pulling. And then you know the the fullback in in the hole as well it really lends itself and i saw this a lot with some of the players that we're going to mention here today that there's some i think some major concerns uh that it leaves them guessing which gap to fill yeah and sometimes when those plays you know when stanford on first down you know they're running the ball they gain 10 yards it's because they chose the wrong hole
1: yeah yeah Uh so hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of been our complaint all year about this linebacker core, right? I mean, maybe not the core itself. Um, I have been very, um, what's the, what's the right word? Critical, very critical of Jackson sermon this year, as far as picking, picking the right gaps. And then, um, when he does pick the right gaps, he tends to get pushed around a little bit and, uh, ran through, um, and it's, it's at points it's really frustrating to watch, but there's also points where you see a glimmer of hope in Jackson, and and he makes the right play, and he you know he had a yeah, and it sucks that it was completed, but he had really nice coverage. Um, yeah, he did out, out, out in the open, and he was there. He just um, big boys he aren't turned flexi- to just <laughs> big boys aren't flexible. Yeah, you know they're, they're just they can't get their body around his arm just wouldn't extend to the right angle and and unfortunately it was a nice throw and a nice catch but I I even though that was completed I still liked how he played that route. So
0: Yeah I did too. He I, I felt like he turned his hips a little too late and that's why he was a step behind. And uh but I mean if he turns his head around just a half a second early he probably knocks that down.
1: Or catches uh,
0: it. Yeah, I mean, another, another issue that I'm seeing is from the strong safety position with um, Asa Turner. Um, he's also one of those guys that um, has been in the past uh, pretty good in the run, uh, to stop in the run. Yeah. And again, his angles weren't necessarily as, as clean as you'd like. Um, and then I think it, he's he's maybe second-guessing himself a little bit, even in coverage. He's a little bit late getting over um (sighs) Keith Taylor again I mean great great position uh you're gonna we can debate whether or not that was a catch for the end till the end of time uh my opinion is it's I mean I have a little bit of purple colored glasses on I would say it probably was incomplete but if I was a Stanford fan if there are any of those uh I would say that that's you know that's probably a catch so uh, a lot of plays were a big deal, but we did have a question that I want to um, talk about is uh, it's from Jason Beatty uh, on Twitter. And he asked why the defensive line was um, lining up about a yard off of the line of scrimmage. So um, we reached out to a friend of the pod um, Alameda Tamu, And he said, basically, um, the way that you line up, the distance that you line up is different when you're in a three, four to a four, three. And of course that's a little bit different from when he played where Washington, we know plays a, like a four, two, uh, let's see, four five. Yeah. So, um, he said that uh, on uh, often in a three, four, you're going to line up away um, to give yourself room to see where those holes are. Um, but Washington was in a four, three, where he said, usually you're closer and you're plugging those holes up. So, um, you know, that is something that maybe, uh, if they're staying in the four, two, you can see them make that change. But, um, honestly defensively as a whole, it looked like the scheme wasn't working and, and Washington still, wanted to make sure uh that nothing went over the top for the most part and so you saw some of your safety play with kyler gordon and elijah moulton in some cases uh 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage
1: yeah and that, i mean that's a really good point too let's not forget at one point davis mills was the top rated quarterback recruit in the nation right right wing the ball and um That's really hard to play defense against, especially when Stanford's doing at will what they want on the ground. And it's hard to justify bringing eight in the box if Davis can just take a shot over the top and torch you with one play versus having Stanford carry the ball 10 times and kind of, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. Washington's defense, their coordinators and their players were put in a very kind of awkward position for this game because we couldn't just line up with our normal defense and stop the run. So as soon as Stanford was able to run against us, it really opened up as many options as possible for for David Shaw. They could do what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted. And it shows in the conversion rate of third down. It shows in the yards for Mills Davis Mills had 250 yards he had a touchdown he had no turnovers he was really close to a couple yeah. um but that's just being you know part of the that's I mean if you fling the rock you're you're gonna be on the verge of, of a turnover here or there but um you for the most part their play calling was impeccable and uh as a defense that's really hard to uh to to game plan and adjust for and we made some adjustments in the second half again um the 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 world is not all doom and gloom right now uh yeah we were down 24 to 3 but we made adjustment adjustments at half especially with our offense um in in two halves of football the last two games we have three points um and then The other two halves we have, what do you, what do we got, Trev? We have 24 and 16. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a, it's a tale of two halves again. I mean, really, it it truly is. No matter how you look at it with this team, the last two games, it's been a tale of two halves and it's at times I chew my fingernails off Mm -hmm. and at times I'm waiting for that next best comeback. Right. And I mean, we'll get
0: into this uh, in a little bit, but I mean, when Edifon Ulufusio picks up that, that fumble, I Mm -hmm. mean, if he's able to beat that one guy, that's a touchdown. Yeah, And And then then, of course the next play, uh, that would have been a tie game. That would, that would have, they would have had to get the two point conversion to tie that game up right there, which totally would have changed the complexion of how Stanford ran that that lap. Well, maybe not. I mean, it took them seven minutes to march all the way down the field. But, um, and then, you know, the next play, the two holding calls, one of them calls back a touchdown. Um, And then, you know, that was kind of all they wrote uh, with uh, Stanford being able to milk the clock. Um, As we move on, before we thank our sponsors, I do want to talk about the defensive line because that's where you see, that's where, Washington lost the battle yeah. um, of the trenches in 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 the most uh, obvious way, and if you think about who's on the field right now for Washington, um, you have to look at these as learning experiences. Uh, Jacob Bandis is a redshirt freshman. Fatu Atuetele, he's also a fre- I believe he's a redshirt freshman as well. He might be a sophomore. Um, obviously, you know, losing Joe Tryon. So uh, and Levi on Onruz, Onruz are tough, but even not counting them, you're losing senior Ryan Bowman, who's been out for the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, you're missing. Uh, and, and now Tule Latua Gasanoa is playing, but he's not playing a lot yet as he comes back from injury and gets more into football shape. It was noticeable when he was on the field because that's when Washington was able to stop their run.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So all of these reps that Sam Taimani, Jacob Bandis, Fatua Tele, and then our outside guys with um, Savelle Smalls, like you mentioned, and uh, Zion, those are meaningful reps that they're learning what they need to do to get better for 2021 and 2022, which will be very, very special.
1: Well, and a, a, a good point, I think, to – to remember is ZTF has had ha- outstanding numbers so far this year. Right. And right. he, he was on a sack record. Like we've never seen before at Washington. Stanford did a really good job of taking him out of the game. Uh, right. They didn't give him any chances to rush the rush, the quarterback. Uh, he did get in on that on Davis in the first quarter once.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he kind of saw Stanford making a, a, an adjustment and it's really hard for, what I consider a DN, they call an outside linebacker, but he's a rushing DN pretty much. Right. A rushing outside he's linebacker. He's a pass rusher. Yeah, Yeah, he's a pass rusher. What's really hard for a guy like ZTF and Savelle is you're not able to shine or get after the quarterback. And most of the time you're taking on two or three offensive linemen, especially with, against Stanford when they bring in their jumbo packages. And it seems like they brought their jumbo package in a lot more this game Oh yeah. than they have in the past this year. Mm-hmm. So again, you kind of have to give um, Shaw the nod there in understanding that Washington's bread and butter this year has been the pass rush and the ability to take that out of our hands really hurt this defense this, this week. It's so
0: you're right. And it's so frustrating because they've done it two years in a row. We saw it firsthand last year Yeah, is it's run, run, run. And then, Uh, They do these three step drops that um, you're catching. You're getting the entire defense to take a full step forward. It's like hitting a fly ball over an outfielder's head who takes that first step forward. Then it's, Oh, it's a pass. Everybody's yelling pass and there's just enough daylight for him. And he's an accurate guy that he can, he he can make the plays. And, and really that's what doomed this Washington
1: defense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking at the offensive side, um, you know, Dylan Morris uh, again, a tail of two halves, did not have the best first half of the football game. Um, overall stat sheet doesn't look bad. He ended up with two or two more passing yards than Davis Mills did. He did not throw a touchdown. The he did throw a touchdown, the one that he threw got called back, right. like you alluded to previously with the holding call. Um the the good side to this oh, let's start with the bad first okay we didn't see cotton until cotton, the third quarter he was not game planned for um as far as this washington offense goes i don't know how you lose sight of the of the best tight end in the in the conference uh there were a it was like of...
0: the first two throws were to devin colt
1: yeah and, and which was it's... cool to see him make a catch, but. Come he's on, not, like he's not been your bread and butter this year. He, uh, there, that was his they,
0: first catch, record like first recorded catch that wasn't called back.
1: Yeah, and they showed it on TV a couple of times. We just flat out missed Kate Otten running down the seam, wide 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 open. Wide open. A, if you are Stanford, how do you lose sight of Kate Otten? B, if you are if you are Dylan Morris, that should be the first look, first check. Yep. Yeah, is Kate Otten? Mm-hmm. So he just flat out missed him. Um, the good news is without Puka and Terrell Bynum, you finally got Ty Jones going. Um, yeah, those were, that was an amazing catch. Ty Jones went up and got the ball and you saw what happened when Ty Jones goes up and gets the ball, right? He's got big, strong hands. Yep. I've been clamoring for that all year out of Ty Jones. Go, Mm -hmm. go attack the ball. That catch he had was incredible. Yeah. He cupped the ball. Yep. So. Um, that's a also play. really liked what I saw from Ruma Dunze. I did too. Um, he's young still. He has a little bit of case of the drops. I think he gets happy feet looking forward, trying to get that big play. I think if he reels it in a little bit and and secures the catch, the big play will happen. He's that good of an mm-hmm. athlete that he doesn't need to go looking for the big play. He can catch the ball gather himself and still have enough burst to be an explosive player in this offense. And I, I just think that's good. He's a true freshman. It's just going to be a learning curve. Same as Jalen McMillan, Jalen McMillan yeah. really good wide receiver for this team too. It's just going to take some growing pains.
0: Yeah. And I think that both of them played really well for their first, uh, not that they, they've all they've both been on the field, but they, yeah, they saw a lot of time. Uh I think that the future is bright for both of those guys. Uh, The reason I, I singled out Roma Dunze was that crossing route. He caught over the middle where he, where he, he full extended uh, one hand out snagged it. I loved it. I think that they're, I mean, losing both Puka and Bynum having guys behind them that are that talented is good. And the drops will stop. I mean, those there's a lot of examples of really good receivers, uh dropping a few balls uh as their first action so i'm not worried about that one bit what i am worried about is a a little bit of the offensive identity when it comes to running the ball between the tackles when stanford is loading the box um I, i i don't know how long a coaching staff waits to um open it up a little bit more for Morris early Uh, because we see when the defense is uh, allowing balls in front, he can make plays. And, and even, I mean, he threw a couple of uh, nicer deep balls. Why aren't we seeing that in the first half to loosen up the defense to when you have a freshman quarterback, exactly. When you have a freshman quarterback uh, one of the things that you can do to help him is to get him in rhythm early and loosen up the defense uh, get those nine out of the box. So you can start running the ball up the middle with your big offensive line. I'm not a coach. I don't get paid to do it. So I, I'm not sure the reasoning for it, but we've seen two games in a row where that philosophy of, of running it up the gut, uh, on first and second and long, uh, isn't, Producing what we need, and that was against one of the worst run defenses in the Pac-12. I mean, this isn't Stanford from the early 2010s. Like yeah. this is that defense. We made that defense look a lot better. And we're going to talk about turning points when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Mercury's Coffee. Uh, they started in Woodinville, an organic coffee roasting. It's turned into eight locations on the east side. They got coffee. They have sandwiches. They have pastries. They have their own bakery in-house in Bellevue. And
1: our other one, Jake,
0: your favorite?
1: Tammy Cotton. After, after Tammy this Cotton, week, man. she's my favorite Cotton by far. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh state farm representative, Tammy Cotton, out of Seattle in Friday Harbor we me and my wife actually just called her last week to check on some rates and she just got her got us a cheaper rate so make sure to check her out she will do you a solid like she did me
0: get to a better state
1: good state take what am i wearing khakis always don't <laughs> ask me anymore people i'm always wearing khakis and yes yeah. I know i sound hideous
0: <laughs> no, you don't. you got a voice of an angel.
1: It's a split between right. Fergie and, and
0: Angel. <laughs> that, that's, that was a good reference. <laughs> um, all right, Jake, what is your offensive turning point for the game?
1: Yeah. I know this is coming every week, and I had a really hard time with this one. I still am I'm, – I'm debating. I almost said that there wasn't one. Um, the third quarter drive the, it, coming out of the locker room was a huge turning point for us where we finally started seeing some rhythm and some offense. But I'm going to go with Ty Jones's catch, um, the one-handed uh, kind of Odell Beckham-ish catch um, that kind of lit a fire under that offense, and yep. they – they really started moving the ball really well after that. And that led to a touchdown. So I'll go with that Ty Jones catch.
0: Yeah. Um, Defensively, man, it is hard to find one. So I'm going to go where, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not bringing this up at the beginning, but uh, the turning point is when Washington came out onto the field uh, and it's not, it's not on the players. That is a coaching issue. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, Jimmy Lake, and the position coaches. uh, I think that this coaching staff is the coaching staff to take Washington to the next level. I think they're fantastic coaches, but two weeks in a row they've been exposed by not getting their guys ready. And that's something that they can fix themselves. Um, We've been talking about players a few times and, and shame on us for not first bringing up the coaching staff. That's putting these kids in the position to not succeed. Um, this is the big referendum that I see. And until Washington comes out defensively with their hair on fire and Washington on the offensive side comes out on their hair on fire, all these other things that we're talking about don't mean anything.
1: And, and here's your chance, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. You have a gift wrap in front of you right now. We just, we just went down 21 to nothing to Utah. We just went down 24 to three against Stanford no better chance with the Pac-12 North on the line against your archer nemesis from yeah. forever um you're playing Oregon they have they've actually as as doomsday as it is for Washington fans Oregon has been exposed more than we have been right is it Doomer's Day Doomer's no. Day Doomer's Day yeah. is um what's today December 7th is Doomer's yeah. Day um Oregon has been exposed worse than we have. And if you as a coaching staff expect to take this team to the next level, no better time to do it than now. Get this team prepared, light a fire under their ass, and get them ready to go against Oregon. If, if you want to stop all negative talk about your coaching philosophies and the way that you're doing things, go beat them up. Because now is the perfect opportunity to silence the crowd.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we'll get into this more in our pregame. But I think, I mean, obviously, every game that Jimmy Lake coaches is the biggest game he's coached because he hasn't coached that many. Right. But the ramifications that this game could have um, on the trajectory of both programs is astronomical. For sure. Um, there there are guys that are um, – picking between Washington and Oregon. Right there now. are guys that um in 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 the 2021 class and the 2022 class and the 2023 class and forever. Yeah. Because these are two of the more the better programs in the, in the Pac 12. There are hundreds of kids in the last 10 years that have chose between had Washington and Oregon in their final four. Right. Um, you go out and you make the statement that Jimmy Lake's team plays with um energy uh they're the team that's going to be going to represent the Pac-12 North yep um and that you're going to get and then of course you're going to be developed and you're going to have a better trajectory in the NFL um you put those together not only can you cement yourself but you can really cement them as that second team in the Pac-12
1: for sure and, and Chris Peterson laid down the foundation and the groundwork f- to be yeah. able to constantly represent the Pac-12 North in yes. the championship game. We've done it. We've mm-hmm. been there. It's kind of been a split with Oregon and us. The players are here. The mentality is here. Jimmy Lake's philosophy is here. He's been here. It's the same defense. It's – I mean, it's pretty close to the same offense, really. Um And here's your chance to start your first season as a head coach on top and to stake claim in that mountain and say, this is my conference. My first year here, I'm in the Pac-12 championship game. And you don't have to win it. Obviously, we want you to. But here's your chance to solidify your spot in the Pac-12 championship game every year. You come out your first year, you get there, you could win it. And who knows where that takes you from here, right? It's only going to help.
0: Well, it's the first. It's the first big um, goal of every team in the North is to win the Pac-12 North, then win the uh, then win the Pac-12. Yep. Then you're moving on to bigger and better things. Right. Um, there's a lot more I have to say about this, and we're gonna we're gonna can this uh, until Thursday because uh, there's some. But I, but I have but i some don't want to really stuff I, I know don't, me too
1: i want to talk
0: <laughs> i know the teacher in me is coming out it's time to do grades i just had to send report cards home last week
1: oh bummer did you yep. flunk, did you flunk me
0: uh no i gave you an a for effort and i gave you a b plus for looks oh that's the um, nicest
1: thing you've ever said to me
0: <laughs> yep yep uh and i gave you an f on knees
1: on knees? Yeah, your yeah, knees are bad. I, I, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I give myself an F on knees.
0: <laughs> uh, and your back is trending downward.
1: <laughs> I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so uh, go ahead and let's talk quarterback.
1: I will give him a C+. C, yeah. I will give him a C. Uh, first half, I'll give him an F second half. I will give him a B B plus. Um, it's not his fault that he wasn't given one more chance to make the comeback. There was plenty of time on the clock when Stanford got the ball back. Our defense is the one that could not, um, could not get him the ball back. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to bump his grade down because of that
0: yeah I think that's a really appropriate grade because I, I honestly like he's already showed it if he gets the ball with two minutes left and he's got to put a drive together I feel pretty confident yeah
1: kids got moxie um
0: yeah Moxie's a good word for him uh the reason why we're going to grade him down obviously is um he did miss some open receivers at points didn't look um, at Kate Otten enough yeah and then there were there was a few plays where I thought that there was he was a little indecisive and um he ended up – there was a couple of times where I thought that he could have gotten outside and he, uh, he hesitated uh, yeah. and not in a way that was looking downfield uh, and then ended up, you know, an eight-yard gain turned into a two-yard gain.
1: And for the love of God, <laughs> do not take any more shots like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was yeah, a violent yeah, hit,
1: and I do not yes. want to see my quarterback take those. Dude. I don't care. I don't care how close you are. To th- I don't want to see my running back take those I, shots. No, that was, that was a licking slide. We need you slide.
0: Yep. Um, moving on to receivers.
1: Uh, A depleted receiving core. Um, I mentioned Ty Jones earlier playing really well, young guys stepping up and kind of seamlessly, you know, playing really well. Um, I'll give them a B plus you know what i'm with you i thought that there was both mcmillan
0: and rome showed a um they showed that they can get open easily um and they both made some nice catches uh they both dropped a couple of balls that i'm sure they they know they should have caught uh and then ty jones again showing that he is he's still the best receiver in that room uh is some of it. He's not getting the ball because for half a football, they're not in any sort of rhythm. I don't know about last week because you know, this week and two weeks ago, he looked like an absolute stud. Sure. So uh, yeah, I, I love, I love, I'll go B plus as well. Um, Tight end running backs. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you talk? What do you say about the tight ends though? Like,
1: Okay, so it, I'm, it's I'm, hard to grade them. I'm happy you asked that because yeah. I'm gonna give tight ends an incomplete.
0: Yeah, that's a I mean,
1: yeah. You know, I don't know
0: how else to K, say it.
1: Kate Otten caught what was thrown his way, but two balls, I think. Right. Um Cope caught what was thrown his way, but he dropped one. They they didn't yeah, he did. Um they didn't they weren't given a chance. And yeah. so because of that, I can't grade them. Look at you. You're becoming a teacher I, here. I am running back. You don't need good knees to be a teacher <laughs> running backs. I will give them an F I'm not happy with the running back situation. I'm not happy that we didn't see uh, Richard Newton for the second game in a row Yeah. No. that I don't know if that's his fault. Um, I've heard That it is disciplinary reasons. I don't know what it is. I can't quote anybody. That's just a rumor. Um, So I want to see Richard Newton. Uh, Sean McGrew did not have a good day. Um, We did not see. um, Who didn't we see? We
0: saw Kamari Pleasant a little bit. It was mostly.
1: It was mostly Sean McGrew.
0: Yeah, we saw very little of Cam Davis.
1: Cam Davis is the Um, one. I I think I've seen him once in the game, but it was a heavy dose of Sean McGrew. And I've been the biggest proponent of Sean McGrew for as long as I can remember since mm -hmm. we started this. Well, not since we started the podcast, but since he's started getting significant playing time and... I was thoroughly disappointed in the performance of the running backs this week. And I think we can also tie that into the offensive line as well. I'll just skip right into offensive line and we'll just clump offensive line with running backs into an F.
0: So I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go with what you said earlier. Uh, Of course the offensive line had a couple of really costly penalties. So maybe you could uh, penalize them a little bit, but Man, I'm loving your incomplete because I think that a lot of the issues that we saw with the running backs and the running scheme in general is not on the players. You can't expect Sean McGrew to, you know, keep up that like five yards a carry average when he's running into a wall of 10 guys in white. Yeah, I mean, if you don't uh, the times that they got him outside, he looked pretty good. But when they ran the play that Stanford knew they were running, where the box was absolutely stacked, how, what do you expect him to do? So um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you can even grade the running backs fairly, because I think that the, the scheme just was not – for two weeks in a row, it has not been successful.
1: Do you agree with the F for the offensive line?
0: Um, I mean, they, they protected – uh, they protected Morris. Um, for the most mm-hmm. part, they did have a couple of costly holds, but for the most part, Morris had the time he needed to complete passes, um, uh, in the second half. So for that reason, because I can't, uh, if we're clumping straight results from, from running as well, you have to give them lower, but I honestly, two weeks in a row, an offensive line that 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 has shown athleticism and talent uh that's got to be scheme
1: yeah agreed uh that's it for offense right yep defense um d line d okay f i mean (laughs) what do you i i mean
0: the defensive line it's a bunch of guys who were you know, are, are showing flashes of being really good players. Um, But as a whole uh, they got, they got beat at, at the line. And so the few times where Thule was in there, you saw some good stuff. You did see all of those guys at some points make some plays, uh, including Josiah Bronson, who I thought had a pretty good game in the second half. But when Stanford scores on, the first five possessions, including an entire half of, of touchdowns touchdowns or or field goals.
1: goals. There was
0: one field goal at the end of the game, at the end of the half
1: because the the time was Um, out,
0: time ran out. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to, uh, to grade it when, and the stat that people are going to keep going to that I'm going to roll my eyes now is that Washington has gone so many games without giving up 35 points. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess not. But if you watched that game, Stanford sc- could have – I mean, they – it would have been stupid of them to score uh, 35 because they milked seven minutes off the clock.
1: Right. Yeah. So, that's enough. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, outside linebackers? Same. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I, I thought about just – have an outside linebackers being graded with D line for this game. I kind of did. Yeah, just for the simple see. The reason they're both uh, run
0: stoppers, right? In right, this game. and
1: and pass breakups, but we didn't have either both. Yeah. So I I, I tend to agree. Uh, middle linebackers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, both guys missed holes.
0: Um. I mean, Edifano Lufugio, obviously like he had over 19 tackles, right? So like that's great. And Jackson Sermon again was out of position at some points. He made some plays at other points. Um, so uh, probably around a D again. I mean, yeah. it, it, nobody's getting good grades on the defensive side when you don't stop Stanford. Right.
1: It, it's not good. Obviously, you want your line, your inside linebacker. That's the point of this defense, right? Is to funnel the tackles sure. to the inside
0: especially Edifon Ulufusio
1: but when he's making tackles running backwards is yeah. when that becomes a problem when yeah. you want you want Edifon coming up towards the line not having to chase down running okay. backs and that is why I tend to agree with with your grade Um corners this is, this one's tricky
0: yeah so corners I'd actually give a to. I thought they played pretty well yeah, um, they covered well. Um, they tackled well. Uh, there was a couple of—I mean, just meter, millimeters, centimeters off of you know making some pretty big plays. Uh, they still kept Davis Mills to average numbers. But, One touchdown, um,
1: 250 yeah. yards.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty average in today's college football. I mean, if you're giving up only 250 it's, yards through the air, that's pretty good.
1: It's really good though, yeah. when it's Stanford and they ran down your throats and then right. complement it with 250 passing yards and a throwing touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that throwing touchdown was a broken coverage. Um, right. I, I tend to disagree with your, um, you're great for the corners for the main reason that we saw Keith Taylor give up a deep ball. Uh, he had good coverage, still led to a completion. Um, McDuffie gave up a huge third down conversion. Yep. Um, and yeah, then, and so maybe
0: drop him down to a C because some of those certain longs that was on the corners,
1: right? And so, I for that reason, I'll give them a CC minus. Yeah, Um, they did play. All right. They played. They played relatively good, but they Mm -hmm. did miss on some balls. And that's going to drop my grade. Um, Safeties.
0: Not good. Um, I think this is where you saw the issues with with the uh, secondary was the safeties getting there late. So I'm going to give them a D. Um, uh, I think. You know, when it comes to somebody like Asa Turner, he needs to remember how good of a player he is. I think he's thinking a little too much. Um, he's take, he, I think the game has sped up on him maybe a little bit. He's, his routes aren't great. And then he's not tackling with the authority that we saw him tackle with early in the season. So um, I think for that reason, Alex Cook uh, has been put on. He's, he's now on the second team um kyler gordon is now the starting free safety so um which you're is, getting your
1: best players on a, on the field which is so weird too because where did cam williams go you know that's did a he, great question he messed up that bad and still hasn't learned the coverage
0: so after that's, starting as a
1: true freshman and then a yeah. spot last year and then never he, he got on the field last week um and I th- thought I saw him on the field this week a couple of times. He was not on the field this week at all. No. So where did he go? He must be really struggling with defensive concepts and So
0: what I've seen is uh obviously like the defensive backfield is so fluid. I mean there was a lot of those times yesterday or Saturday where you saw Elijah Molden lining up at the free safety spot. So it okay. really I'm, I'm really thinking that what they're doing is they're just putting their best five defensive backs on the field. Um, and, but with that being said, like we saw how good Cam uh, Williams can be. We've also seen that there's definitely some learning curve. So I, I, and we, we don't see practice. We don't really know what's going on, but the, a little bit of sample size we saw um, he's coming in a little too hot. He, he doesn't break down as well as I think, uh, Washington, the Washington coaching staff really wants is maybe not the big hits, but, um, making the secure tackles. tackles. So, uh, but I mean, no. if you look at next year, uh, Keith Taylor said, uh, had his senior day, Elijah Molden had his senior day. So you're looking at, um, Alex cook, you're looking at cam Williams and you're looking uh, Dominic Hampton and um, uh, yeah, what's the other guy? Uh, Julius Irvin. Yeah, um, those are the guys that are going to compete. There's two to three open spots.
1: So here, here, I guess here's a, situ, a scenario for you. Okay. Um, you said Kyler Gordon is now listed as a free safety and potentially the first straight, first team free safety.
0: That's what he's I, listed on for this week. Yeah.
1: How do you feel about? Instead of Kyler Gordon putting Elijah Molden back there, who is your surest tackler and your best playmaker, and then mm-hmm. you sticking Kyler Gordon in the slot corner. I'm I'm sure that's what you're going to see. I mean, has to be.
0: I that's I Odell. I'm sure if you if you were to stop and diagram every defensive play, my guess is uh, you would see McDuffie on the left side. Um,
1: Keith Taylor on the right. Keith Taylor
0: on the right. And then who knows what you're going to see in the middle, what the other three.
1: And maybe maybe that's a thing, a situational thing where you keep Kyler Gordon on the left and you keep Elijah Molden on the right. And whatever side has an extra receiver is the side that's going to suck up to cover that receiver. And then the other guy falls back into that safety role.
0: Well, even thinking about that, like maybe that's why you're seeing – you're not seeing uh, a younger guy like um, Cam Williams out there. Um, And then on the flip side of that, you're seeing Asa Turner not necessarily playing to uh, his, his, where he has played before because they're asking him to do more. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that although he played last year, he did burn his red shirt, right? Who? Uh, Cam Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he played most of the game. Yeah. So you're still looking at it next year. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore. So he's got three years after that because this this year does not count. Right. So he's it is. Well, it's, it's got to be frustrating right now. I mean, for him,
1: if you if you're really pushing him back, redshirt him next year.
0: Yeah, I doubt that happens.
1: Um, if he's I mean, not picking could. good coverage, and he's.
0: Right. Then he just won't play. And he'll, you know, uh, once you get to where you're three or four years in the program, you're not playing um, often. That's when you see uh, transfers. And I don't think he's going to transfer because I think he is a special player. Yeah, I agree. As do you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, so before we go, I do want, I I, I stopped you a little bit and then we talked about it. Um, I want you to take a step away from the trees and look at the forest and the overall outlook of this Husky program.
1: Yeah. um, As Husky fans, it's really hard to see the big picture, right? We alluded to it earlier. We talked about this Oregon game coming up. Um, It's a, it's a majorly important game we still have an opportunity to play in the PAC 12 North championship. We talked about before the podcast, you and me talked privately Um, because I'm petty. I don't think that we should play this game because mm. it's a total slap in the face to Oregon. And we would go to the PAC 12 championship game regardless because we only have one loss. And I think it would be hilarious to screw Oregon over like that on the flip side. I am a competitor, uh, I I talk about how many times I dunk on you. Um, I want to be a competitive eater now. I want to I want to win, you know. Um, and and Jimmy Lake is the alpha competitor, right? That's why he is where he is because he wants to play Oregon and he wants to smack Oregon around the field. Um, we are in a despite the loss, not we Washington's program Is in a phenomenal position for the rest of Jimmy Lake's career because losses happen, right? Losses that you don't expect to happen happen. And that's just that's why you suit up. That's why you play football. Because on any given day, you could lose to anybody. And that's okay because Jimmy Lake already has us in a position to win a Pac-12 championship in his first year. Even if it doesn't happen, the fact that we were one game away playing Oregon to go to the Pac-12 championship says major accomplishments about Jimmy Lake's first year. He could have, this program could have taken five steps back. We could have lost recruits. We could have come out, you know, with the Utah and the um, Stanford situations in the first two games and gotten beat out of the water, but we won and this team will continue to win. And as fans, I think we need to remember that it's football. And losses happen. We're not Alabama. And even Alabama loses, right? Alabama loses too. Yeah. I mean, it it happens. It's football. Um, I don't think we need to be calling for anybody's head. I don't think we need to be calling for Jimmy Lake's head, Kwiatkowski's head, Kaiko's head, um, or players especially. Man, these guys are kids. They're playing a a football game. And uh, as fans, we should just be – we should consider ourselves lucky to watch the next great Washington football coach.
0: Yeah, I think that's really well said. And I guess just to piggyback off of that is this roster is absolutely loaded with really, really young talent. Mm -hmm. And this Jimmy Lake has done a very good job coming in and keeping some guys that uh, are in this twenty. I'm kind of getting my recruiting hat on, but this 2021 class is very talented. Uh, And there's a lot of guys that might not have the star rankings that Washington fans are looking for, but these are guys that fit the Washington program so well. Uh, And, and just looking at the guys who uh, are making, you know, learning is making mistakes and the guys, Guys that are making mistakes right now are guys that are going to be in the program for two or three years Mm -hmm. uh, who are immensely talented. Uh, If you look at this offensive line, when Thule's in there, that is a very, very good offensive line. And so with a year of... uh, It's hard to play at the line of scrimmage, especially when you're young. That takes the time to develop. And instead of having these guys sitting and not playing, they're making mistakes for everybody to see, but that should be something that we... Uh, are encouraged by uh, because from what I've seen from Tato to Atele and Jacob Bandis is they are going to be the next great defensive lineman at Washington and that's a really really important thing to understand. This team develop team knows how uh, ha- is going to rise to the occasion and have that energy from the start of the game to the end of the game. They've now learned that they can't pick it up at halftime. Yeah. And the coaching staff is going to make those um, adjustments.
1: Yeah. So hundred percent go, go, go beat
0: Oregon, go to the PAC 12 championship and uh, everything shoots from there.
1: Absolutely. So
0: that'll do it for us for Jake Grant and Trevor Mueller. Go dogs, go dogs. And our music is brought to you by Jacob Falkerson from the Other Side of It podcast.